Welcome to episode 5 of the Philosopher Science podcast, the podcast about free, libre and open source software for science. Today, David and I are interviewing Katerina Behrens, who contributes to the Office Suite LibreOffice. Hi, Katerina. Hi there. Could you please introduce yourself and talk to us about your background and your formation? So, as you already said, my name is Katerina Behrens. I'm one of the core LibreOffice developers. I studied computer engineering at Czech Technical University of Prague. Now I live in Hamburg, Germany, I, and I work for a middle-sized company that provides professional support for companies that use LibreOffice. Okay, so that's very interesting. Do you only do consulting or do you develop plugins for your clients? Uh, so we do all kinds of things. Uh, we do bug fixing and feature development for customers, also extension development and to some extent also LibreOffice macros. Okay, thanks for explaining. So for our listeners who may not yet know about LibreOffice, what is it and who uses it? Uh, LibreOffice is the, the world-famous and the, the most widespread free and open source uh, office suite. It's used by, well, virtually everyone, home users, public administrations, and even big corporations and banks. Okay. Could you briefly describe the applications included in LibreOffice, like writer, calculations, and yeah, explain what people can get and do a visit? Uh, so yes, of course, there's a um, word processor, LibreOffice Writer, spreadsheet processor, Calc, uh, presentation tool, Impress, uh, graphic editor, Draw, and then there's then there's also uh, some math formula editor and a development environment for for hacking on LibreOffice macros. Yeah, and I forgot I forgot about the database application. Okay, so yeah, could you highlight differences between LibreOffice and other free or commercial alternatives such as Microsoft Office, Caligra Suite, iWork, or VPS Office? So uh, some people and some developers call LibreOffice the the Swiss Army knife of of document formats which means it can it can open and it can work with with wide variety of the of the document formats in contrast to microsoft office which does like one format or one thing that is that that is their own document format and does it well while libreoffice uh, except for those proprietary microsoft formats can work with open document format and also wide range of, of legacy document formats. So can, for example, the Caligra suit, but uh, what LibreOffice, the added value of LibreOffice over the other open source suit is, it's how to best describe it. It's like some kind of tool or platform one can build on. So one can write LibreOffice extensions to, to automate, automate some some tasks 
or one can embed LibreOffice into application or or even, I don't know, use it as a server solution to, to convert and generate documents. Okay, so you mentioned that yeah, LibreOffice can open Microsoft Office documents like Doc or DocX documents. Can you say something about the compatibility between these yeah, documents and how good LibreOffice can handle these documents? Yes, yeah, so LibreOffice can both open um, the, the documents in those uh, Microsoft formats as well as save them. The compatibility, it's, it's getting better by the day. <laughs> it's, it's not perfect, but much effort has been invested into, into improving interoperability, including uh, running some public tenders, so like some paid sponsored work invested into improving compatibility between Libre and Microsoft Office. Okay, as far as I understood, the Microsoft Office format is not open and we do not know a lot about it. How were you starting to do the integration and was it hard to get information about this format? It depends. So uh, the, the binary format, there are some reverse engineering tools that help people to, to work with or to somehow debug or, or identify elements in this format. And then there is the OXML, which is XML-based format, which is which is also like fairly well documented. But let's be honest, sometimes even like Microsoft Office itself doesn't stick to the standard and behaves in non-standard way. Then so you're using a totally different format for the, your document, the open document for file format. Could you explain a bit what is the open document file format? So open document file format is is an XML-based document format that's 100% open. Its, its development and standardization is supervised by, by OASIS committee, where lots of independent parties contribute. So if, if you look inside a document that's in open document format, it's basically a zip file with a bunch of XML, XML uh, files inside. And as I say, like the specification is completely open, transparent, and it keeps evolving and adjusting to the to the user's needs. Okay. And how widely is it adopted? Which other suits support the format? As it is an open format, it could be implemented by anyone else. Uh, it can be, yes, since it is an open format, like anyone else can implement reader and writer of this format. From uh, To some extent, Microsoft Office can read open document format, but it's only open, doc open document format in version 1.1. It can't cope with the version 1.2, which is the current version. From the other open, open source suits, Caligra is also importing and exporting open document format. And there's also like some smaller viewers of, of ODF format which can, can view but can't edit. Recently, LibreOffice 6 was released. Could you present to us what you think are some of its best new features? Well, plenty of new features went into LibreOffice 6.0. I would, I would highlight three of them. Uh, one of them is the new filter for uh, e-publisher format. So now you can, you can open and read your e-books in Writer. 
Uh, the other is a much sought after and much desired feature of LibreOffice Writer, which can now rotate images, which is like maybe it might sound like some some trivial thing because like LibreOffice Writer and Impress could do that for ages, but Writer couldn't. So this was some 20 year old inconsistency that has been annoying and bothering users for, for so long. So now it has finally been resolved. And the third feature I would highlight is the newly refurbished help system, which can now... So before you had to be connected to internet to view LibreOffice help. So now no, you no longer have to, and you can view it in local browser. Also, uh, any other feature from uh, previous version that are really neat and that really sets apart LibreOffice apart from uh, its uh, quote-unquote competition? So if I if I had to mention one killer feature, I would mention the PDF import. Many tools can open PDF in, in viewing mode, but, but hardly any allows you to edit PDF. So this is something that sets LibreOffice apart. Or even incorporating, I think, ODT within a PDF so you can open the original document in LibreOffice as a writer, like, write in it and then be compatible with other people using only pdf reader yes that's true also you worked on a feature to sign and encrypt document could you explain us uh, this new feature and its application well that's that's how how i met one of this podcast host patrick we we met on google summer of code mentor summit on the key signing party and this is where i mentioned this feature and how how we got to know each other so uh, signing and encrypting documents in LibreOffice is nothing new. The feature to to encrypt symmetrically with password existed for ages. The feature to, to sign with uh, X509 certificates existed at least since 2008. What we did, and it was a part of tender of German Office of the Information Security, uh, we introduced signing and encrypting with uh, GPG keys. Well, uh, hardly anybody has their private X509 certificate, whereas everybody can get themselves a PGP key and have their peers sign it. So this is something to that brings encryption closer to people and to quote one of my friends that keeps governments out of our documents. Okay, so... If I'm using this feature, I can just use my local keys or can I connect to a key server and download missing keys or how does it work? No, you can't connect to key server. It reads your local keyring. So you can you can sign and encrypt documents with that. Okay. Can you verify the authenticity of the key using a remote key server or as well you need to have uh, the local key of the person you're trying to verify? So if, if, you, if you don't have the local key of the person that sent you the document they signed or encrypted, the, the stop of the key is incorporated in the document so you can still verify the authenticity or of the signature or decrypt the document. Okay. Okay, so yeah, LibreOffice was forked from OpenOffice in 2010. Could you talk to us about the reasons that drove this decision? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm the right person to talk about it because when this fork happened, 
I just came back from my holiday. I came back to work and I realized that no Git repository actually works because they have all been moved. From what I know, the main reason of the fork was the was the frustration of the general community, like not only developers, but also translators, marketing people, and all kinds of contributors at the policy of Sun Microsystems and how, how they were treating the community and their contributions. And in hindsight, it proved to be the right decision because like in the beginning, there was tremendous boost in the contributor activity. And since then, many, many useful things happened, useful features were implemented, user experience um, and usability improved tremendously, while the development of the original office suit kind of stagnated and hardly anything's happening there nowadays. And it also helped to drive some development of the ecosystem where independent companies could could come and start providing professional support. So to say, it has demonopolized the market. So you, you talked about the Document Foundation, the organization for the LibreOffice uh, community. Uh, how organized is the community? So the community consists of, of several teams that take care of the various aspects of the project. Of course, there's a large distributed developer community, but also a design team that takes care of, of usability and user experience. The documentation team, uh, then many, many translators that translate LibreOffice into, into languages. And then there's also, of course, like the Document Foundation that that kind of coordinates all those activities and administrates the, the donations and the flow of money and public tenders and things like that. Okay. How many languages does uh, LibreOffice support? I don't know the exact number. It's something over 100, 103 or 106, and this number is still growing. Okay, so it's pretty well localized. Uh, yes, and it's localized even to minority native languages that where the commercial support, like localizing com um, commercial office suit into that language simply doesn't pay off. Okay, so that's kind of another advantage of LibreOffice. Yeah, and another question would be, you mentioned that you work at a company who is doing bug fixes or develops new features for LibreOffice. And what happens to this new code? Will it be automatically open source code or is this code only for the client who pays you? So my company, uh, and as far as I know, all, all the other companies that do professional support of LibreOffice try to try to work upstream. So we try to reduce the vendor fixes to, to the very minimum and whatever we do, we contribute that to AppStream. Okay, cool. Also, the project itself, how is it financed? Is it um, only pocket money from contributors, the company that they're uh, working or paying developers to develop the code, or uh, the web hosting? What kind of capital do you require to operate, and what are the main revenue streams and expense of the project? The main revenue streams are clearly the donations, and then, as I said, uh, there are there are few commercial companies that provide professional LibreOffice support. That means funding development of features and, of course, like bug fixing. 
uh, how much money, how much capital is it? I don't really know. And so, but the the expenses, as as I said, like the the donation money go into, for example, into organizing LibreOffice conference uh, or several smaller hackfests, into maintaining project infrastructure, and also into paying a couple of employees that take care of the critical critical project infrastructure and project administration. Okay, so. If someone is interested to contribute to LibreOffice, how can one join the community? So, uh, if sometimes if I suggest to people like, why don't you join LibreOffice community? They they go like, oh, but I can't code. And you you don't have to code. That's that's like some public service announcement. You don't really have to code to join LibreOffice community. Of course, you can write code, but there's so many activities you can do. You can. I don't know, design graphics and contribute to better user experience. We already mentioned the translation. So what you can do is translate LibreOffice or help translating LibreOffice into your own language. Uh, you can also go to Bexilla and triage and test bugs, download new releases, test features and report bugs. You can write documentation like Really, like there's so many possibilities where you can achieve your full potential contributing to LibreOffice. Okay. If people want to reach to help, what, what would be the preferred communication channels? Uh, so the preferred communication channel used to be IRC and mailing list, but in recent years we have modernized. And nowadays you can find us on, for example, on Telegram as well. Okay. Is there any vacant position in your organization or... Which team needs the most support from newcomers? So, as far as I know, currently the foundation is looking for the development mentor. That means somebody that will take care of uh, community outreach and onboarding the new contributors. And also, uh, I think somebody left the infrastructure team and they haven't found a replacement yet. So, we're looking for sysadmins as well. Okay. And if someone wants to start to develop code for LibreOffice, which kind of programming languages do you use for LibreOffice? So the core of LibreOffice is written in C++. Uh, extensions can be written and maintained in many languages, for example, BASIC, Java or Python. Uh, some test code is written in Python. Uh, but there are also like ways to improve LibreOffice, but not code at all. Because, for example, user interface file files that's just pure XML. Okay. Also, I've learned in the past that uh, LibreOffice is a descendant from StarOffice, which was developed in Germany. So there were initially a lot of comments in German within the, within the code. Oh yes. Do we need to understand German to be able to to help the project a lot? Oh, not anymore. Not anymore. There was some last winter, last January, February last year, there was some big call of action, like there's this last 3,000 of remaining German comments left in the code. So let's now all get down to work and translate them. And I think in summer they announced like the last German comment has been finally translated. And the, the remaining comments, there are kind of, I, I think Patrick knows what is Denkmalschutz. Yes. They are 
protected by like they are funny so they don't deserve to be translated yeah i think and when we are speaking from LibreOffice, another point to mention is license costs because if you have to buy microsoft office it can be very expensive or other yeah proprietary solutions and so i think it's quite good for people in countries who have not so much money to spend for research so they still can use and share document with other researchers in yeah more developed countries yeah so so what happened to me once somebody from the from the uh, cern the european center for nuclear research once filed a bug against LibreOffice calc and before i got down to fixing that bug i asked them like hey I know you're from CERN and your own data visualization tools are, are clearly superior. So, so why, why do you use LibreOffice Calc? And this person told me, you know, here in CERN, we have, we have the Large Hadron Collider, but that doesn't mean that we also use it to, to warm up our lunch. We have a microwave for that. So I'm I'm not saying like LibreOffice or the spreadsheet processor is the the ultimate silver bullet and and it will solve all your problems you you have in science, but like where where uh, LibreOffice kind of stands out like it brings the documents back to the people. Like not only you can you can open the documents in in many different proprietary formats, but you can you can save them in the open document format and so make sure that you can you can still and this is this is very important for science that you can still open them after even so many years. You said uh, that that LibreOffice is kind of a, a good tool for uh, scientists. It's not the silver bullet, but it. It is. It has its use. It has its specific applications. Uh, what do you think are the most important features of LibreOffice which researchers could benefit from? Yeah. Well, what I would like highlight here is that is that LibreOffice is not only like the, the how to say that it's not only an office suit. It's also a tool. It's also a platform. Which which has some API, some SDK, which you can take and extend to to do whatever task you need it to do, and you can also take LibreOffice and embed embed it in your application, or you can put it in the headless mode on the server, and for example have it generate on convert documents. Okay, where would users be able to find the information about these APIs and the implementation hooks? So there's API LibreOffice.org. That's the that's the developer documentation of of API. And then there are also like several very good books and tutorials, for example, for programming the macros and accessing API. Okay. And is there any web version or some version where people can work remotely on the same document? For example, like Google Docs for LibreOffice? Oh, there's also LibreOffice Online. So like the, the full full experience of desktop LibreOffice streamlined into the cloud, into the into the web space. So LibreOffice Online can be just like Google Docs or Office 365 can be can be deployed in the cloud nowadays. 
Okay, but you have to set up your own server or is there a public version to test this and use it? There are some public versions. For example, Collabora or Nextcloud have one. Okay, and is it for free to test it or work with your students or with your other researchers? Some some of them are for yeah it's it's for free like you can you can get a login name and password there's just restriction on number of users that can simultaneously edit or view one document but otherwise the, the functionality is free okay i think this is a very important feature for researchers who want to work on yeah research remotely from different countries or cities yeah and Do you think that using floss can have negative impacts on science or on your work? Can using floss anywhere have negative impacts on anything? I'm not sure if there are any any negative impacts. If I like w what I sometimes hear uh like or, or we're not going to open source our software because then all the hackers would come and exploit all the bugs and all the security holes that we have inside. But I, I don't subscribe to that view. It's like the security by by obscurity. One negative aspect I would perhaps point out is that uh, frequently or frequently, like sometimes it happens if you choose an open source tool to, to work with, it's kind of underdeveloped. So it was somebody's hobby project and now you found it and it suits your needs, but not quite like some 90% and some 10% of functionality is missing. And if you're out of luck, you have to provide this functionality yourself because like no commercial company backs up this free software project. Okay, interesting. What is your favorite text processing tool? Uh, Word, LibreOffice, uh, LaTeX, Markdown, Emacs Org Mode, something strange? Uh... So I write code in VI. Uh, I used to I used to write uh, all the text documents in LaTeX, but I kind of got old and lazy. So I now for for writing the text documents, I simply use LibreOffice. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Well, I would like to challenge or kind of invite people listening to, to join LibreOffice community. And even if they don't code, there's plenty of things to do. The community is very friendly. Our slogan is free office suit, fantastic people. I can confirm that. Nice slogan. <laughs> And yeah, I'm sure you will find some something to do and then you can kind of go around and break. I have contributed to LibreOffice, which is like clearly the, the, the best free and open source office suite out there. Okay. Thank you very much, Katrina, for your time and this uh, wonderful interview. If, our, if any of our listeners want to reach you, how would you like them to contact you? So I'm on, on Freenode IRC. My, my nickname is Bubli. Uh, I have an email as well. Should I mention it? <laughs> no, I think we can put it on the blog post to the episode if you like. Yeah, so so it's basically the same as, as my nickname. So it's bubli at bubli.org. Bubli is my nickname. Okay. <laughs>
This will be all for today's episode of the Philosopher Science podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview. You can reach me on Twitter at DLPK. And you can reach me at underscore Debras or both of us at Philosopher Science. Also, we are on iTunes, Stitchers and Google Play Music. You can help us by leaving comments and rating to help new listeners discover our shows. Our website is located at philosopherscience.github.io where you can find more about our contact information and a link to our GitHub page where you can submit subject ideas for future episodes. Our current schedule is to release an episode on the first Wednesday of every month. You can get our MP3 and AUG RSS feed on our website. We are actively looking for contributors, especially for people in different branches of science for future episodes. Due to our background in mechanical and computational engineering, we may not be aware of all of the software available in other branches of science. Feel free to enlighten us with suggestions from your fields of research. We hope you enjoyed the show and that we will see all of you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.